0: I can't use it in, in this context, but I was thinking like a car, like spoilers and ailerons and hubcaps that you put on it. Um, I,
1: I know so little about cars. Are you... Wait, I never... Wait, I don't know if I know this about you. Are you one of those people that like can look at a car and know what kind of car it is?
0: I mean, there's a certain number of cars that you see on the street, yeah.
1: Like, can you like look at a car and be like, oh, that's a Toyota Camry?
0: I mean... They they say the name on the back. I don't know if you know this.
1: But. Yeah, but like even if you, but you can't always see the back of a car. I mean, like Ma- many cars, not all cars. Can you? Okay, I can't. I have. I'm completely okay. car blind. Like like Ubers, it's really tough. Where like the Uber will say like it's a Toyota Camry, and then I'm like I don't know what that means or looks like.
0: Oh no, I have I have a gist of what I what a car looks like. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Like, Do you know what? <laughs> car shapes look like I can tell the difference between like a Toyota Prius and a Toyota Camry I yeah I mean no no one has a Toyota Camry that's an Uber I can yeah I can tell the difference between a Ford Mondeo and a Toyota Camry which is what's a two- Ford Mondeo is that a British car I don't know I assume you have a in the US but it's another one that's commonly used for an Uber over here
1: Okay, welcome to Trailblazers, the first ever podcast to be done by men. I realized last week that I completely forgot to
0: introduce the show. I noticed that, but I figured that you were trying to blaze a new trail. I
1: mean, yeah. If by blaze a new trail you mean I just forgot like the bare minimum requirements of having a podcast, and just I also like six episodes in, like people know what this is, right? I mean,
0: I don't, so I don't. I doubt anyone <laughs> listening does.
1: I mean, I feel like we've we've established a pretty clear format and a pretty clear tone and it's definitely not all over the place every week
0: yeah it's definitely not like a chaotic mess that is different every week and ultimately we can't really tell what we're trying to do anyway that would be ridiculous it'd be ridiculous to be like six weeks into doing this and not really know what we're doing but i thought i
1: thought we'd start this week by taking a little spin back through everything that we've covered uh on this show which is pretty wild um i have the list in front of me and here are some of the topics that this as you put it, formatless chaotic mess of a show that is about nothing has covered. We've covered, um, the longest, uh, piece of my little pony fan fiction. We've covered the video of British lads hitting each other with chairs. Uh, we've covered the snake diet and a lot of animal crossing stuff. You did a whole thing about British tabloids and food and we did a thing about finding mushrooms and Twitch, and then last week uh, was about one TikTok video of a giant baby and how to register graves on a website. Is,
0: we've earned we've earned a really basic episode, which is the plan today.
1: Yeah, this is this is like this is the episode for the Ryan and Luke shippers, right? You know, for the
0: <laughs> I I really I really hope there are none of those the
1: the Rook or Lion shippers, if you will. You know, that's, this is for you guys. This week we have one special guest, which is my close, wonderful dear friend, Brian Feldman. He just launched a new newsletter about web culture and the internet and technology called Bnet on Substack. And he'll be talking to us this week about a random meme that he found in the recycling bin of his computer that he thinks he may have downloaded from Tumblr or Facebook at one point. You're just gonna have to kind of listen to see where he's going
0: with this one. I'm really enjoying that the Casey Frey video has come back and people are covering it on TikTok.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: I mean, the original is like one of the best bits of internet content of all time, but now people are actually covering it. And like, if you go on TikTok, there's like dozens of people doing it and doing it like really detailed shot for shot, which is like, it's just really enjoyable because it's such a dumb piece of content. that I I still don't really understand why it's funny or good. It just is. It's just perfect. Um, And now people are doing it. uh, covering it, it's great
1: Well, I actually, uh, during one of the darker moments of this quarantine I had a lot of free time uh, Still do have a lot of free time And the Casey Frey video came up, like, just as is, as normal, on my Tumblr Sure And I was like, wow, this video is so good
0: And then I was like, why is this video so good? This is what I've been thinking, I've been, I have I've so many questions about it, like Because it is Perfect every single shot of it's perfect for for people who
1: who might be sort of unfamiliar or just you know They they're not connecting it right away Casey Frey is like an internet comedian and also just incredibly good dancer and the video we're talking about is the one where he's Chopping wood and then another version of himself yells at him for wanting to dance And then a third version of himself appears and teaches the first version of
0: himself to dance much to the chagrin of the second version of himself (laughs) See, when you hear something like that, it doesn't make any sense, but, but it does. <laughs> it's perfect. Also, I, I I discovered only this week that he was in the video for the actual song. Yes, because his dance video was so popular that it was included. Yeah, of course. Well, you would have
1: to make it. He's So I, I've i gone back and forth trying to figure out, like, what is it about that video that, like, does something to my brain to make it happy? There's something and, to, something to everyone's brain. I know. And it's something about the way... Like he is a good dancer. He is. And but he has like no muscle mass really. He's just like a normal looking man. And it's almost like it almost like works on like a philosophical level where it's like the the id, the ego and the superego <laughs> all like fighting for dominance. And then I suppose I don't I don't know enough about psychology here but the Id, the id would be the third version that appears and teaches the first version, which would be the ego?
0: I mean, I think so. But I I don't think the idea idea of the id, the superego, and the ego is that they're in conflict with each other, but more that they're complementary to each other. And obviously one of the three is in in conflict with each other. So I don't don't know. Maybe it doesn't stand up.
1: So, okay. Oh, wait, we can do this. We can do this. (gasps) Okay. Oh, no, this works. Okay, so the id, according according to simplypsychology.org, the id is your instincts. And the ego is reality and the superego is morality. So in this scenario, the first version of Casey Frey chopping wood would be the ego. It's reality. You know, it's drudgery. It's work. It's real life. Okay. Yeah. Now the second version of himself that shows up to chastise the ego is morality. It's the superego. It's the part of you that's saying like, you probably shouldn't be dancing while you're chopping
0: wood. Hold up, but but this doesn't add up to the one that's gone big this week in which the second version of him to show up is the devil. You haven't seen this one. <laughs> I haven't
1: seen this one because okay. that doesn't make any sense. If Also, you know, as someone who flirts with Satanist ideology, I believe that Satan is actually a liber- liberating force in, in life.
0: Okay, so no, in this one, Jesus is the third one. Jesus is teaching him to dance? Yeah, he is a, no- he is a normal, nice bi- guy doing his Bible study. Then Satan shows up and tells me he's dumb. And then Jesus shows up and teaches him how to dance. Which, I'll be honest, is religion I can get on board with. See,
1: I think that's wrong. I think, if anything, it would be, you're at Bible study and you want to dance. Jesus shows up and is like, don't dance. And then the devil's like, you should dance. And then you and the devil have a dance-off with Jesus and you beat him. Because Jesus doesn't have moves and the devil definitely does.
0: Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs>
1: If anyone listening uh, has any uh, additional
0: thoughts about the psychological or theological implications of Casey Frey's dance video, um, shoot us an email. The thing I'm most the thing I'm most fascinated about it is the is that everyone trying to redo it can't quite do his dance moves because they're too good. They're too good, but like particularly like that shot at the beginning where he does like a shoulder shimmy, like no one can do that, and everyone just does a kind of like a side to side shuffle. It's really like too hard. It's too hard to do. Yeah.
1: I have an internet thing Okay, hit me Uh, So on Garbage Day last week uh, I covered the ongoing uh, kind of fiasco That is the Ants Facebook group Have you been following this?
0: As in Ants the movie or Ants the
1: animal? So this this one is about the animal Uh, There's a group on Facebook That's called a group where we all pretend to be ants in an ant colony Sure it's a private group, so I haven't been able to get in, but there are rules that are publicly posted, uh, such as rule number four, the queen, the words the queen must be capitalized. Rule number five, there shall be no antarchy, or you'll be removed immediately. Rule number six. So far this ant- is just Britain. Right. So this one's I mean this one works too. Uh, rule number six, ant names. Your ant name is just your name with ant in front of it. Example, Aunt Joe. Please only refer to each other by ant names. This makes sense. Rule number seven is a good one, which is no sexually explicit content. We are a group of all ages. Please be considerant when making your posts.
0: That's good. I mean, that's just a good rule for life.
1: Yeah. And like a normal post is like a picture of a lollipop. And then all the comments are people going lift, lift, lift.
0: This is great. Okay. Wait, wait. Why are you not allowed in? Which rule did you break?
1: I just haven't gone in. And I'll get to why in a second. Okay. So last week, I posted an update about the ant group, uh, which is that someone I follow on Tumblr claimed that they had tried to get into the ant group, posted a picture of a man in an ant suit that said, hello, fellow ants, how's it hanging? And then all of the comments were very angry and calling it an intruder, an ant posture. They were threatening to attack it. And I was like, that's some good drama. So what I did was I put out a call for people in the ant group to be my ant colony spy. Yeah, and I have a very, very uh, great reader who sent me some some gossip from inside the ant group. He was able to join the group for like five minutes at one point, but the group has 1.3 million members at this point. Jeez that's okay. The number of commenters and comments is out of control.
0: That's that's wait, no, 1.3 million members is closer to like a group hallucination than it is a a Facebook group. That's huge.
1: Yeah, let me just double check that. Because uh, that, now that I'm thinking about it, like, that's a lot of people pretending to be ants. I uh, mean, explain oh, a no, no, lot. No, uh, no, no. 1.6 million. 1. 1. 1.6 million. million.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, normal.
1: Yeah. He said you'd see posts there that are like an hour old with 12,000 comments. Um, apparently, it was wrecking such havoc
0: on his Facebook timeline that he just had to, like, leave it because it was too much. You mean you got to commit it? Like, you've got to be committed to the. what? Well, it's not a hive. What ants live in? A. A mound colony, right? Colony, that's it. Yeah, colony. You've got to be committed to the colony.
1: Maybe this is just an extension of like millennial Gen Z leftist theory, right? Is that we've all become worker ants now, and that we have to. But what they should do is kill the queen. That's not
0: quite how any of this works. Also, I can't say that because you know it's illegal and the, the bugs and stuff and surveillance listening to me. Oh,
1: right. You it. have a queen, you have a queen, so you can't say kill the queen. I can't
0: say kill the queen. Co- I mean, I can't say- <laughs>
1: Welcome to Trailblazers, the first ever podcast to be done by men. I'm very excited to have you on this week. When I talked to you earlier today Mm -hmm. about coming on the show, I asked you the question that I kind of ask all of our guests, which is, you know, what is something you're excited about on the internet? What do you want to talk about? And you sent me a meme and did not really explain anything. Actually, you just said, okay, I have an idea that I was gonna do for my email thing but would work better as a debate, let's Mm -hmm. talk this out, and then you sent me this meme. So, can you explain what this meme is for people who are listening? Okay, so this is a meme
2: that I I probably saw on Tumblr, but is definitely from Facebook. Uh, And it is a photo that is captioned, an argument between this six would be priceless. Uh, And the six people are uh, Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory, Doctor House from House, uh, Chandler Bing from Friends, uh, Iron Man from Iron Man, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes and Captain Jack Sparrow.
1: Wait, wait. Can you can you also tell me where you got this meme? Because I feel like that's I think that's important. You know,
2: I found it in like a trash folder on my desktop. So oh, what? Wait, I can't, no. What? I can't tell you.
1: Wait, you say so you had this on your computer. Yeah, yeah.
2: I saved trash on my computer.
1: Wait. So just to summarize, when i asked you what you wanted to talk about on the podcast you literally went into the trash folder of your computer found a random meme and said let's talk about this uh yeah all right well, all right let's do this so okay so we've got six guys it's Sheldon Cooper, Dr. House, Chandler Bing, Iron Man, Benedict Cumberbatches, Sherlock, or Captain Jack Sparrow. So I, I put this image through reverse image search to figure out like where it came from. Mm-hmm. And it's pulled up like your usual suspects like um, Reddit and Pinterest, uh, even some 4chan threads. Mm-hmm. But I did also find that it was shared last june on the verified tommy chong facebook account <laughs> uh i mean
2: that guy loves a, a heady debate so i get it <laughs> i mean we could throw tommy okay. chong we could throw tommy chong in the mix like a wild card
1: okay wait uh, let's uh okay you know what let's <laughs> let's let's do this let's let's do this so i'm going to say captain jack sparrow gets eliminated immediately because he's played by johnny depp and i feel like that's just like not gonna fly mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you if we're if we're like eliminating weak weak candidates first
2: it's you know johnny depp's jack sparrow is the first to go um you know he can he can think quickly on his feet and get out of a, a pickle uh, if he needs to but would he win an argument i i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't think he's really an arguer you know i don't think intellectual rigor is his strong suit so i think jack sparrow <laughs> was out i think i think he could really Anita. he could really mix it up
1: um i
2: think he could really throw a wrench uh in in this argument but i don't think he would win the argument i
1: don't i don't think he would be very uh useful you know i i, I think i would put chandler bing in the same category where they're just like they're not intellectual powerhouses. You know what I'm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: I mean, the thing about Chandler and the reason I wouldn't count him out completely is he. You know, he's really got the sarcasm down. Like he could really, he could really like wreck someone if he finds their weakness. You know, uh, does he? Does he have all of Wikipedia memorized? No. But could he absolutely like nail an ad hominem attack? Yes, for sure.
1: Okay. Wait i am not familiar with friends i was a seinfeld guy so you know i i was too cool for friends i don't know much about chandler i have wikipedia him he works in statistical analysis and wait is this real no way is this real Chand Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Chandler works in statistical analysis and data reconfiguration? That sounds like a fake job, but maybe. Well, okay, no, apparently his friends do not understand what he does, except for Ross, because he was the one who prepared the question. Wait, hmm? I don't... Oh, I see. I see. So it's, like, the ongoing joke about Chandler is that nobody knows what he does. And he keeps getting promotions and raises and no one can understand like what his, his job is. Mm. So I think that, that, that shows a certain level of cunning on behalf of Chandler, but I think he's just a normal person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not, you know, he's not like an intellectual powerhouse. Like some of these other, uh, people that are still on the grid. Uh, so I think I think we shouldn't count Chandler out entirely, but I think he's definitely towards the lower half. Okay, so now
1: we've got we've got our final four here, which mm-hmm. is Sheldon Cooper, who is he's like an astrophysicist, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: he's a he's a uh, he's a genius physicist, uh, the Benzingo man. Um, he <laughs> he won a uh, Nobel Prize at the end of the Big Bang Theory. Um, oh, yeah. I should say I've seen a lot of the big bang theory Uh, I haven't seen friends (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of the big bang theory
1: Okay so we've got We've got a physicist We have House Who is a crippling drug addict But a genius medical mind Yeah so the thing about House is He's a genius
2: medical mind And one thing to not count out Is his motto everybody lies Which makes him really good at reading other humans (laughs) And pinpointing their weaknesses (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but but is he better at that than, than benedict cumberbatch's sherlock who is you know also good at that okay so the thing is benedict
2: cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch is sort of like in between house he's named house because he's like sherlock holmes uh and uh bazinga man he's sort of in between them because he's very smart but he's also socially inept so, I think while Benedict Cumberbatch can figure out if someone's lying, he can sort of get to the truth of the matter, <laughs> uh he's not as willing to call them on it as House is.
1: I almost feel like it's Iron Man for the final two should be Iron Man Tony Stark and then one of the other three because the other three are all kind of variations on the same kind of man.
2: Yeah, and I think I think if we're trying to go for like the most well-rounded between like persuasive rhetoric and just like pure smarts. I feel like it's gotta be House. Like sh- like sh- like I... like Sheldon Cooper's not gonna convince me of anything. Uh and No. I so I think I think he's definitely like number four so he's out. on this list. Let's say he's, he's out. out. You say, yeah Yeah, let's say he's out. He's out. Okay. So we're left with Tony Stark Iron Man, who we've decided is making the final two. And then we have to choose between yeah. House and Holmes, who are one is literally based
1: off the other. Um, I mean, here, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Would you not pay like $1,000 to see Tony Stark Iron Man talk to Dr. House? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I got to go house on this. So we have
2: a sort of billionaire asshole versus a salt of the earth, man of the people. Well, he's also a pretty big asshole, too.
1: Yeah, he's an asshole, but like he doesn't live in a penthouse was in Princeton New Jersey no that's true he's he's definitely yeah right he's definitely well, he's not working class because he's a doctor but you know he's he's definitely not living in like a spaceship mm-hmm. you know he's not like fighting aliens yeah you know? he's like a normal guy and
2: they' and they're both pessimists but I feel like House's pessimism is rooted in experience whereas
1: Tony's pessimism is rooted in quite frankly his extreme wealth okay who wins? who wins the argument. Wait, actually, wait, no, what is the argument? We haven't even we haven't even established what the argument is. I mean, I feel like figuring out what the argument is 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 sort of beside the point, but I'm
2: I'm willing to entertain like what what you think it is. Like I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to like parse like their their speaking styles, their their uh you know, their smarts, uh, their persuasiveness uh, and I feel like we've settled on a really solid top 2 and it's tough to choose between them. Um so, yeah, what do you think they're they're arguing about? Hot babes? Hmm. See, so I could The thing is, like, if we pick a topic that they argue about, it has to be something all six are arguing about, right? Like, Sheldon Cooper is not going to argue about hot babes. Or he's not going to be invested in no. that argument at all,
1: right? Neither would Sherlock be, I assume. Yeah.
2: And Chandler, you know, depending on where in the friend's timeline we find him, would already be married to Monica and also wouldn't care. So... <laughs> We could, we could go timely and be like, they're arguing about the pandemic and how best
1: to address it. But then House would win. Now, here's where we're talking because Chandler Bing works in statistical analysis, mm. so he's in. Right, right, right. Um, Jack Sparrow. Would die. He's from the 1800s, so he's dead. Yeah, he's The dead. other four, you know, I would like to hear their answers. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the question now, the final question for us is who would have the better coronavirus response, Tony Stark or Dr. House? (sighs) It's tough because
2: you want to trust the doctors on this one, but Tony Stark holds the purse strings. He could be like a Bill Gates transformative figure in a way that House could not. Like House is Fauci. Dr. House could be like an an Anthony Fauci. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I feel like I got to go House on this one because even if House's directives are not listened to, He'd probably still be right, and he could later
1: down the line, like on an episode of House, be like, eh, "I was right." We've done it. If there was an argument between Sheldon Cooper, Doctor House, Chandler Bing, Tony Stark, Iron Man, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, and Captain Jack Sparrow about the coronavirus, mm-hmm. Doctor House would win.
2: Yes, but it would be—it's a tight race. Why do you think this meme is so popular? I mean, I don't know what it says at this current moment, but like, it's—it's it's a really potent, uh, normie meme, um. You know, it's really like it's taking the sort of blandest white bread characters on TV, who are uh, supposedly sort of like badass, like subjective intellectual men, uh, and and imagining like this like insane wet dream of them all being in a room, like the worst sort of fan fiction, uh, and. You know it's important to hold on to those dreams in these times
1: i want to thank you for coming on um this has been a really valuable mm. use of both of our time and uh if people want to follow you on the internet where's the best place for them to do that
2: uh my twitter handle is ba feldman. uh and uh you have a newsletter yeah i i do have a newsletter uh n- people can also subscribe to my newsletter that comes out twice a week at bnet.substack.com bnet spelled Exactly as it sounds, B-N-E-T.
1: Last question is, uh, if you had to pick one of the six men in this meme that uh, reminds you the most of yourself, which one would it be?
2: I don't want to pick Sheldon because I feel like I'm more socially, uh, you know, I'm more socially uh, normalized than Sheldon. I guess I got to pick Chandler. I (laughs) guess I got to pick Chandler. Like... (laughs) I'm not a billionaire, I'm not a doctor, I'm not like a neuro-atypical detective genius. I'm not a drug pirate, like it's, like by process of elimination it just has to be Chandler.
1: This week is a is a special week because uh, this is the anniversary
0: of the last time we tried to make a podcast. It is the anniversary of the. Wait, no, hang on, no, isn't this the anniversary of Infinity War? Whereas the last time we tried to make, no, no, right there, yeah, that was the last time we make a podcast because we didn't do one for End Game because he obviously already left by then. Yeah, okay, sorry. yeah, so so we know this is the two year anniversary of the last time yeah. we tried to make. a podcast. So,
1: right for fans of the show, um, all uh, ten of you. Uh, you'll remember that Luke and I once tried to make a podcast about the Marvel universe and we recorded several hours of it that just never went anywhere. It's
0: still a podcast just because we didn't produce it and and like broadcast it. I mean, that's true. Um, I have it. I found it all. I have it as well. I found it the other day. It's, it's surprisingly large. It takes quite a lot of my hard drive. It's a lot. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot. Um, first one we did was Civil War where we decided to do like a 24 hour, watch all the movies in a row. Um, and it was quite fun like we started at nine in the morning one day went until i think it was about 11 the next day like it was slightly over 24 hours but it was good fun we did it overnight we we yeah. got drunk and then went and the saw a civil war the next day we wrote a fun post about it it was all good and then a few years later we were like oh we should do this again now uh then it was it must have been, it would have been infinity war coming out yes we tried to do it over a weekend but we also mm-hmm. started watching it at This was the big mistake, I think, still. We started watching at, like, 6 o'clock in the evening, like, after we'd done a day of work. Yeah, that was dumb. We should have taken work off for this. Yeah, we should have. And
1: then uh, when Endgame came around, uh, I was not in the UK anymore, but I flew back to the UK to see it with you. We proceeded Mm -hmm, to get very, mm -hmm. very drunk all day long, saw the movie, it was a whole thing. And that was kind of, like, the end of it, right? Uh, So recently, comicbook.com did virtual screenings of Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And screenwriters Christopher, Marcus, and Stephen McFeely uh, basically got on Twitter, on the comicbook.com Twitter account, and just started dumping a bunch of insane trivia about the movies. And uh, I feel like we got to go through this because it does sort of change. I think it answers a lot of the questions that we had like years ago, ones that I totally even forgot about.
0: I think also it answers the big question about... Your big theory about the Soulstone, and uh, my big theory, which I I'm sure I had, but I don't remember what it was now. By now,
1: uh, my Soulstone theory that it was in Wakanda, or yours was
0: that it was in Wakanda. I also had a theory that was equally complicated, and I can't remember what it was. I, th- I think I think I might have thought Heimdall. Ah, uh,
1: you did, you did. You were a big yeah, Heimdall
0: guy. That was it. Let,
1: let's start with Infinity War. Let's
0: start with Infinity War. All right. So uh, the opening reveal on Infinity War is that Thanos' speech, his opening Thanos speech, was written just after Election Day. I don't really remember that opening speech. It's the bit where he's on the ship, on the Asgardian ship. It's pretty good. It's not Trumpy, but it's pretty good. It's very hard to think of what a Trumpian speech would be with a villain now, because a Trumpian speech now is so far from what it was in 2016. Yeah, I, I feel like Thanos is a bit more of a rational actor, to be honest. Yeah, I, would, I would, you, would you rather have Thanos in charge of pandemic response or Trump?
1: I mean, either way, a lot of people are going to die.
0: Yeah, but at least... At, at least only one of them intends to kill. Him. <laughs> they didn't plan. They didn't ever intend to make a a Sherlock Holmes joke with Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch, which I'm extremely I mean, glad they didn't.
1: I'm almost mad they were asked about it.
0: Yeah, it like make, the yeah. idea is infuriating. Uh, the next one's quite interesting, which is that they were talking about the Guardians characters, and at this point, obviously, I'm trying to remember, wait, wait. James Gunn got suspended. Before Endgame, but after Infinity War. Yes. Right. Okay. So when they were writing it, they were writing James Gunn's characters, but he was going. They were going to give them back to him. Then they weren't, and now they are again. Okay. That, okay. That's a little bit better. But their their take on it is that while the characters were very much zone like they were totally okay with it because he would set them up very well
1: i will say like the only char- like the character that has like the biggest difference i think between guardians and infinity war is that like star lord is just a giant asshole
0: yeah he goes from being kind of a lovable rogue to just being a dick
1: yeah he's just like a huge dick in infinity war which is like very weird like i remember the first time i watched it i was like oh i mean that's different i guess he is a dick but like
0: i didn't remember him being like a villain it's, yeah, it's also a problem because, like, Chris Pratt goes very easily into, like, dick territory. I mean, he seems to be, like, not
1: a good, not a good dude.
0: Look, he's the sort of guy who, once a year, gets together with his brothers and carries an enormous cross up a hill on Easter. That's just the sort of thing a good person does. Wait, are you making a joke or is that a thing that Chris No, Pratt he does that. He does that. Excuse every- me? Oh, no, every year with his brothers, they get up and they, they put together a giant... Jesus cross and carry it up a hill and then like lift it raise it on a hill that's mind blowing I did not know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Chris Pratt fun guy fun guy wow <laughs> alright next one is um, Thor and the Guardian's first meeting was originally longer like there, it was originally like 20 minutes long and there's a lot on the cutting room floor
1: I mean I would literally watch an hour of it and be totally fine with like hours of that yeah it would have been great
0: um, the next one is that Taika Waititi wrote one of Thor's lines um, if you want, do, do you know which line it is? Yes, it's.
1: Uh, I, re- I heard about this. It's the one where uh, I can never fucking pronounce this. Nedavlier.
0: Nedavlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, they say they're gonna go to a planet called Nedavlier, and then Drax says it's a made-up word, and then uh, Thor says all words are made up, which is like a very Taika
0: Waititi thing. It's very yeah. Ha- uh,
1: has the Mandalorian reached the UK yet?
0: uh we we have it but we're doing it episode by episode
1: oh well um this isn't a spoiler so much as that like Taika Waititi directs the last episode of the season okay and within like two seconds you're like wait a minute and I had to like pause it and look it up and be like oh yeah that's Taika Waititi because all of a sudden the characters start speaking very differently
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh the next uh the next one is that they are originally the Outriders, which I didn't know what they were, what they were called, but apparently I, those are the insect fuckers. I think they're named in
1: Avengers. Oh, oh, okay. I, I thought aren't they called Chitari Outriders? Isn't that like a thing?
0: Oh, Chitari Outriders does sound right. I get. I mean, I guess they were. Yeah. Oh man,
1: villains, villains in Marvel are so bad sometimes. What are the what is the the CGI
0: bad guys called? Well, the the, the <laughs> This is not going to help your argument, but the guy, the guy who 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 stabs. Vision is called Corvus Glaive.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course. How could you forget iconic movie villain, Corgis but yeah. Glaive? Corvus, Cor- Cor- Corgis. B- he is a
0: member of the Black Order. The Black Order, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last big one, I think, because there's a couple of others that, you know, they always knew they were going to sacrifice someone, one of the Avengers for an Infinity Stone, which, sure, and they always knew they were going to end with Thanos watching the sunrise from Grateful Universe because it's in the comic, sure. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting one, Is that Smart Hulk was originally introduced during the Battle of Wakanda?
1: So this is this like this to me is like the big
0: thing because it's
1: like all of the conspiracy theories and all of the like rumors about what was in Endgame and whether it was shot simultaneously and all this stuff had to do with the fact that that in the trailer Hulk is in Wakanda and then he's not in Wakanda. So this answers everything,
0: which is that like okay, Smart Hulk was supposed to be in Infinity War, which would have actually kind of sucked. What I think is interesting is, and it also explains a lot about specifically how they did the graphics on it, which is the one bit of the movie which sucks, is that clearly big, I guess I don't know the whatever the big Iron Man suit was called, like Hulk Buster,
1: uh, Hulk Buster, yeah, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. So all the bits where it like clips up and then suddenly Mark Ruffalo's head is like floating and there's like a black. Band around it because they oh, can't properly yeah they can't it attach to it because it's insane because mark Ruffalo is not 18 foot tall so putting his head where the head is in the robot makes no sense yeah it looks terrible yeah
1: so um comicbook.com also did a live virtual screening with behind the scenes info um from the Russo brothers, Christopher Marcus, and Stephen McFeely, uh, around Endgame, and there are fifty-six of these, which I am absolutely not going to go through all of them. <laughs> but um, here are some notable ones. So we got, let's see, um, were there any characters that were snapped in Infinity War? Uh, were there any characters that were snapped in Infinity War that you almost kept alive for a larger role in Endgame? And apparently, they had drafts with Wanda on a road trip with Rocket after the vision plot in Infinity War. Uh, but that got cut, which would have been real
0: weird. Yeah, that seems that seems like two people are very much from the opposite sides of, of the universe. It would have been quite strange.
1: One question that is answered that I feel like kind of bothered us, like we were talking about with Smart Hulk, every scene basically with human banner, human Bruce Banner had to be reshot in endgame. Yeah. So like basically like the whole the whole first part of that movie which is kind of wild. I mean, that
0: just that just makes it kind of wild to think about like how little of kind of their budget and the effort they put into is involved in actually having a camera in a place and filming someone.
1: Well, yeah, the level of CGI in these movies has gotten to the point where like you can just make them in a computer later, which is like insane. Yeah. And they have like unlimited money so they can reshoot whatever they want. Okay, this is actually mind-blowing. The lake house that Tony Stark has is a few hundred yards from where they shot the Wakanda battle scene.
0: I mean, the trees are similar. I get that. I just... That is kind of crazy, though, just being like, we'll, we'll film this moment in... Uh, where does he live? New England? No, no, he lives in upstate New York. Yeah, I mean, yeah, upstate New York and Africa are apparently two very similar places, which also has prompted me to realize, like, how little Wakanda looks like Africa. You really notice it in, in like, the Thanos forest scene,
1: where you're like, that's not the African subcontinent. Oh, uh, okay, so this, this is in the comic, but I guess... Um, there was a, uh, an idea of Nebula wearing the gauntlet. So I don't know if you know this, but in the comic, it's very different and not as good, actually, which is that Nebula gets the gauntlet, goes crazy, and decides to kill everybody because she's, like, psychotic. And they, I guess they were kind of thinking about how to allude to that a bit in the movie, but they didn't do it.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, their reasoning as well is that it undercuts Tony putting it on, which makes sense.
1: Which wasn't even the original ending of the movie anyway, so...
0: Which is crazy. Like, it is insane to me that this... 11-year, I don't know how much these movies have brought in, but probably, what, $15 billion or something? Like, yeah. the biggest entertainment franchise of all time. And the, the most, like, the ending moment, the key ending moment, they hadn't thought of by the time that movie ended. They were just like, oh, we should go back with that. In. It's insane. What's your big takeaway from all of this?
1: Like, what is what what, what is the fact that there are, uh, between both movies, uh, I can do this math, um, uh, three uh seven uh so uh 83 like pretty fundamental changes made to these films that like would have completely altered them like what's your big takeaway here what's like what what does this matter
0: i mean i think my big takeaway is there are probably four or five on the list that are genuinely massive game changers and the rest are kind of stuff that they've built up they could end with like they're they're obsessed with like bruce and natasha they're obsessed with you know, Tony and Steve having to have a conversation and stuff with like all these bits and pieces, but they fun they don't really make a huge difference. Like I guess my take on it is is that they could have made the movies twice the length, added all this extra stuff in, and it would not have fundamentally different. Like this is mostly stuff that they thought about adding and then cut rather than stuff yeah. they fundamentally thought about changing.
1: It also I think goes to show you that like when you get to this level of entertainment production like movies are just video games and you can just make them however you want. Yeah. And which I feel like we're in a golden age of at the moment where that's a good thing, but like, we'll probably very quickly enter a moment where it's no longer good. And you just start having like Netflix style algorithmic, like hodgepodges where people are just like making entertainment for you
0: in a, in a, in a post-production room. You know, the thing, the thing that really stresses me out is the idea that that rather than Like having, because there are many things to criticize. Marvel movies about like fundamentally they are big dumb movies that are just good fun to watch. Right, like like that is that is what they are. But I also quite like them because of that. The thing that worries me is that there's going to be a point at which like you can't do something insanely ambitious like this or uh, or the very the thing I think of the most related to Marvel is the Fast and Furious movies
1: right which like, are much smarter and like kind of high art compared they've to got Marvel. a lot they've yeah.
0: got a lot more to say um yeah <laughs> i think i think you know the the, the discussion on marxism in the last one was really interesting and i thought oh that, no no yeah uh, fa- <laughs> fast the furious is praxis <laughs> uh, fast the furious is practice yeah exactly um yeah i i can't remember what i was saying but hang
1: on you were so distracted by the marxist theory present in vin diesel's performance in fast and the furious that you got distracted
0: i was i was uh, what I was going to say was, I think that what Marvel movies can do that is, is the, the potentially not going to happen in the future is do a big, dumb thing on a big, dumb scale. Whereas yeah. in the future, is going to be like, here's a big, dumb thing, and we've done it once, and we're not going to do it again. Whereas like the idea of just being able to come back to the same big, dumb thing for, what, 21 movies over 11 years, so twice a year for a decade, is going to be really hard to do.
1: I I just really want to see the x-men meet the avengers and i and i just really need it i really really need it in my in my heart i need it and when that happens i'll probably tap out but i really need that
0: i mean we're both and,
1: gonna we're both gonna tap out after endgame so that's true and then i saw that i saw that then i saw the trailer for black widow and i was like ah oh, shit
0: also i'd just love to go to a cinema right now it'd be very nice
1: yeah it would be super cool to watch a screen outside of my home <laughs> Speaking of which, speaking of screens inside of our homes, um, this is now the, the, the part of the show where we, we decompress and hopefully uh, give people um, some pretty bad recommendations, actually, for how to spend their time in quarantine. Uh, Luke, what kind of content are you consuming to stay sane? I mean,
0: honestly, I'm mainly consuming that one Casey Frey video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've actually got really into YouTube this week. That's been my thing. Um,
1: oh, okay. I'm
0: super into YouTube. Tell me, what are, what are you watching? I'm watching educational videos. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I'm watching all the people who go to like dumb places and explain how uh, it hears a bit of weird science. Oh, okay. Like science videos on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, uh, this is very strange because uh, a guy that we used to work with at BuzzFeed is actually friends with this guy. And I think we may have met him once by the YouTuber Tom Scott. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah, stuff like his thing. I actually don't watch human his stuff, but stuff like his where he's like, Oh, I've gone to this place and there's like a really heavy thing. And here's where the heavy thing is interesting.
1: Like wait, heavy like emotionally, or like heavy, like it weighs a lot. It weighs
0: a lot. Like there was one our today where he there's a really big, heavy ball and they use to simulate earthquakes. And they like winch it up and then cut the rope and then it drops.
1: Oh, so you're literally watching videos of like a big thing hit stuff.
0: Yeah. Well it just hits oh. the ground and then they're like, here's how we use this to simulate earthquakes and measure them.
1: Okay. I mean that's like that's that's pretty cool. You know what? We're what, week seven into this? That makes total sense <laughs> to me.
0: Yeah. What are you what are you on? What are you watching?
1: Uh I recently was like, Okay, I'm gonna catch up on Westworld and so I went uh, through it and like, holy shit, man, like that show doesn't even like want to make sense the, I think okay this is uh, next week is the finale uh, and the way it works if uh, this is gonna contain spoilers for anyone uh, so if you're not all caught up like sorry um, Mave is like Neo from The Matrix and Dolores is like the Terminator and they're fighting over a giant artificial intelligence. that's kind of like Facebook's newsfeed, which controls the world. (laughs) And they're using, um, what's his face from breaking bad. Just pinkman guy. Aaron Paul. Yeah. Aaron Paul. They're using Aaron Paul's character to like help them do something to kill everyone or save everyone. But like, none of the normal things that a TV show has about like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? What is the plot? What do people want? All of that appears to be either not happening at all, or they're just going to do that thing where they save it for the last episode. And all of a sudden it's like, here's what the entire season meant in one episode, which is like cheating in my mind. I, I feel like now, like I would like to have motivations. I would like to have cause and effect. I would like to understand what I'm looking at. Like, but Westworld seems to think that like all of those are just like things to be to be done away with. So I'm very frustrated. But now I'm up to date,
0: and I'll finish this I'm, season. One. I'm glad I didn't keep watching Westworld after the first season because I think more TV shows need to be accepting of just like, hey, we're doing one season, and then we're done. Like if you don't mini have series
1: that- baby mini series just you, one mini series
0: if you don't have an idea for the second season don't do a second season it's fine <laughs>
1: uh this is very exciting actually um this week is the one year anniversary of garbage day starting
0: really wow you doing this for a year i've been doing it for a year it feels it, feel, it feels like longer uh
1: it does feel like much longer <laughs> um This episode will drop after a special newsletter that I'm sending out to kind of thank everybody and including some numbers. But I did want to I I did want to go through this just because I feel like when I was starting a newsletter, I was incredibly intimidated about the entire process. Um, So currently there are two thousand five hundred and sixty four of you reading garbage day every week, which is crazy um, for a one week meme roundup. Um, People listening to this podcast are averaging around uh, 900 to 1,000 downloads an episode, which is also crazy for a podcast that's just me and Luke talking about whatever we see that week and our friends on Twitter. It is weird. Uh, Garbage Day has an average open rate, which uh, this I'm told is actually impressive. I don't know anything about newsletters, but apparently it's it's impressive to have a 65% average open rate. That's good. Um, The biggest... I, this this is my favorite thing. The biggest single day loss of subscribers was for the issue "Happy Social Media Marketing World Week Sluts," <laughs> which I feel like I went a little hard on that subject line. So that's fair. I
0: guess maybe you just need to put more uh, more sluts in the subject line.
1: I feel like that's true. Also, I did a roundup of like the most read posts, and two of them included Furbies in the in the subject line.
0: I mean, that kind of makes sense because if I. Saw something saying Furby, I would click on it because I would vaguely remember that the concept of Furby is a thing, but I couldn't actually put my finger on what it is.
1: One time, my sister and I locked a, our Furby in a closet for like six months, and when we took it out, it was completely feral. It was like it was just like speaking gibberish, and it was totally insane.
0: That sounds awful. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was awesome. Um, but okay, so garb- uh, Substack allows like uh, views public and views via email. So this is the last thing I'll do, which I think is funny. This is this is this is very funny to me. The single most read issue of Garbage Day, according to Total Views, was read uh, 4,299 total total times. It was sent out to only 720 people, which is wild. And it was titled, Nuzzles You Back and Pounces on You and Notices Your Bulge. Ooh, woo, what's this?
0: So that was the one that you titled by accident and used your personal messages instead
1: yeah i was actually just sexting people yeah so i just want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast for reading this newsletter um it's a work of uh love and self-hatred and um it means a lot and reminds me why the internet is fun and special which is that uh you can do weird ass shit and people enjoy it so thank you
0: guys (laughs) um luke do you got anything to plug uh no i literally don't Follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm Battle life. Follow me
1: on uh, all of those things that I said before this. Okay. Oh, uh Luke, happy Ed Balls day. That was 2 days ago. Yeah, yeah, but happy Ed Balls day week. Thanks. <laughs>